This podcast is sponsored by Xgrowth. Xgrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, Xgrowth is the agency to help. Xgrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like some of your interests to know more about, make sure to check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth. And today I'm talking to Robert Norum, independent ABM consultant and trainer about the challenges of running ABM pilot programs and what organizations and B2B marketers can explore instead for better results. On that note, let's dive in. Robert, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, Shaheen. Thanks for having me. No, it's great. Great to have you on the podcast. And uh, I think it's uh, it's been due for a while. So great to have this conversation and this chat. And I think let's let's dive right in from the beginning and talk about ABM pilots, right? You're not a big fan of ABM pilots. And, uh, and I think what I want to explore here is the why. Like, what do you see? Where do you see some of the challenges with, uh, with pilot programs and what your thoughts are on that front? Yeah, it's a great question, Shaheen. And I mean, clearly companies need to start somewhere. So it's not like I'm, uh, you know, uh, religiously anti-pilot. But I think the, the key thing is that companies need to think of ABM uh, as a strategy and they need to think about how they're going to adopt that in, in their organization and make it as real as possible. And my concern with pilots is very often they end up being a greenhouse experiment. You know, it's like we'll take a couple of accounts and we'll try a one-to-one pilot. And I think you know, Shaheen, from your own experience that a, a one-to-one pilot can take a while, right? You know, it can take two to three months to get the, the program up and running. And in market, it can take another two to three months before you see any serious traction. And if you are just looking at a couple of one-to-one accounts, you know, it could take you six to 12 months before you land anything. And there is a serious danger that I think people will just run out of steam, you know, that they, they start with the pilot with the best will in the world. And because they don't see the results quickly enough, they, they fade. Now, obviously, I'm taking the top of the, the pyramid, if you like, with one-to-one. You know, you could start with a one-to-many play. You could start with a one-to-few play. But I still think that actually what you want the business to do is to recognize that taking a, a, an account-based strategy is the way forward and then think of the most intelligent way to apply that through the organization. Uh, I think with pilots, the tendency is, you know, all your eggs are in a couple of baskets, if you like. And you're not engaging the whole organization. And it's not seen as a different way of doing business. It's kind of seen as an experiment. Got it. Yeah, I totally understand what you mean by, you know, it takes a long time. It takes a while to to get results. And, and there, there are challenges that comes with that from an organizational perspective. What, what 
in your opinion, is a good alternative? Or, or what do you suggest instead organizations and B2B marketers kind of look at? Yeah, so uh, before I dive into the latest model I've published, which is on full-spec ABM, you know, and I'll give you the kind of try, uh, try and give you the verbal description of, of what is a visual model, uh, maybe we can make that available to, to your listeners as well. But, but yeah, essentially, I think... There you go. So, so, so rather than seeing ABM as something we're gonna we're gonna experiment with, we're gonna pilot. I think ABM is about marketeers uh, having the confidence, if you like, to say this is a new and a different way of doing things. Um, I think you need to clearly bring the business with you. So this is about creating a really clear definition of what ABM could and should mean for your organization. It's about selling it in, for want of a better phrase, but certainly engaging senior management. Uh, at the top of the company to realize that actually looking after our most important accounts and prospects is really where the money is. It's about cascading that down into the sales organization to make sure that they're really bought in. And then it's about having a holistic approach to, to you know, to an ABM strategy, uh, which isn't to say that you stop doing everything else overnight, but it is saying that actually this is going to be key to the way we do business moving forwards. And that is quite different, I think, to having you know, a little pilot running, uh, you know, in a greenhouse experiment down the corridor somewhere. So from my perspective, it, it needs to be, I mean, I won't say a company change transformation program, if you like, but it, it needs to be something where we say fundamentally, we want to focus on our top 50, our top 100, maybe our top 200 key accounts for growth. And, and you know, uh, clearly there needs to be a new business pipeline as well. So uh, we need to think about where, where the new new accounts are going to lie. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to throw back at me on that one. Otherwise, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by, by a full-stack ABM model. Um, no, I think I think that makes sense. So you're, you're suggesting that, hey, instead of like looking at one-to-one or even just one-to-few, whatever it is, look at the most valuable accounts and then build what we're going to dive in right now, build the ABM, the, the full-stack ABM model on top of that. Is that... Is that correct to, to so, so look at the most valuable, hey, there are 100 accounts that are mo- most valuable, and then build a program on top of that. Is that, is that correct? Uh, is, there's a slight uh, change to that, which I'll, I'll kind of unpack, if you like, with this full-stack let's ABM do that. model. Let's so do that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about a full-stack ABM and, like, how do you define that? Yeah. So for me, full-stack ABM is putting ABM front and center to your entire marketing strategy. It starts, if you, if you imagine a virtual target, you know, and, and think of the outer ring, you know, we're starting with the total addressable market. Uh, you probably heard the acronyms TAM or SAM or SOM. So whether it's total addressable market, sales addressable market, or sales obtainable market, obviously each of which is a subset of the other, you need to start with the big picture. And, you know, in most, in most organizations, most B2B organizations, they're going to perhaps be looking at a thousand accounts as their total addressable market, maybe 500. Um, you know, it, it clearly it could go up or down, but you need to have a view of, well, what is the total addressable market and what are we already doing in that space to raise awareness of our brand? Uh, you know, there, there could be brand positioning and advertising, social. You might be doing SEO and PPC. You're going to be looking at inbound marketing. So that's the phase, if you like, pre ABM. For me, then, uh, the first level of, of, of ABM, if you like, that you would come into would be one-to-many. And for me, one-to-many is effectively the new demand gen. Um, you don't want to be doing demand gen to companies that you don't want to do business with. 
So select from your total addressable market the companies that you want to go after and then think of an intelligent way to land in those accounts in a, in a way that's obviously as relevant and personalized as you can make it if you're still doing it at scale. So you might be thinking about using an intent platform to help you identify those accounts from total addressable market into one-to-many. You'd probably be working with the sales team to work out you know, where are their target accounts. You might be using tools like Ocean.io, which helps you identify lookalike accounts to your existing business. But I guess the key thing is you're not doing demand gen on a generic basis. You're doing it to name the accounts that you've chosen for the program for a particular reason. Now, we could get into, well, how many accounts are in your one-to-many program? Ideally, I'd say it's not a huge amount. You know, it might be one or 200. Some companies might be shooting for 500. And if you're using an intent platform, obviously, then at least you can sieve, if you like, and look for, for interest and intent in, in your topics or, or you know, the fact that people are in market. So if you imagine this, this target, we started with total addressable market. We've come into one-to-many ABM, which are now named accounts in our demand gen program. And then we come into the next layer, which is one-to-few. Now, most companies are doing industry marketing to some degree. You know, they have vertical messaging. They have propositions for different segments and so forth. But this is about basically uh, turning that industry marketing or, or putting it on steroids, if you like, to say, let's look at the top 10 or 15 accounts, maybe 20 at the top, top end of that, who might be existing customers that we need to uh, upsell and cross-sell to. They might be really major accounts that we want to break into. So that now becomes a one-to-few play looking at an industry segment typically and creating a really bespoke approach, looking at doing research and insight into the sector, understanding the business drivers and pain points for that particular uh, industry, and then landing personalized communications into key named stakeholders within those accounts. And then if you come right into the sweet spot, you've obviously got the center of our target, which is one-to-one. And this would be where I'd say, you know, you would cherry pick your top five, your top 10 accounts, typically existing customers that are really large that you want to protect and grow. And that's where you would have a one-to-one approach. And curiously, when I unpacked this model with Andrea Clatworthy, who I know you know from Fujitsu, she said, actually, Robert, I think there's even a target in the center of your target, which is DBM, which is deal-based marketing, obviously. And that's where you would be saying, well, look, there are a couple of bids or there are a handful of bids in play right now, how can we use one-to-one ABM and that methodology to help us? So I, I hope that doesn't sound too complicated, but if you think back to this sort of positioning of ABM at the center of your marketing strategy, it says start with total addressable market, identify your target accounts and go after them with a one-to-many play. Think about one-to-few in the context of your most important verticals and the most compelling accounts that you, you have that you need to grow or new accounts you need to break into and then have one-to-one, if you like, for the, for the full-on um, play to, to your biggest and largest accounts. Now, it's not to say you have to take that direction of travel. You know, some companies might start with one-to-one and then gradually scale out. Other companies obviously would come from the, from the outside in. But the most important thing, I think, is actually making ABM central to your strategy and having the organization understand how everything fits together. And then I think you have, you know, a really compelling um, foundation, if you like, for for a successful ABM program that's embedded, by the way, right across the business. And, you know, the whole sales organization needs to understand this. Everybody working in marketing and customer success need to understand it. 
and they need to understand why which accounts are in which tier based around their relative potential interest importance and so forth got it got it i, lo- I love that model and and there is um they're very there, there are a lot of interesting aspects to it but maybe one question that i have is i mean summarizing you talk about identify your tam go one to one to many then one to few and then one to one are there situations where you found that this would break down or somebody might have to start with one-to-one or one-to-one-to-few that the the flow, the kind of like the waterfall flow might not work? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think I do actually have a model which which isn't the, the target. It is the water flow, uh, waterfall flow, sorry. And, and that sort of starts at, at the top, as you might imagine, um, with uh, the, the pre-ABM phase of total addressable market and then gradually sequences down. But but I think the, the key thing here is, as we, we've said many times, you have to understand what ABM means to your organization and what's most important for you as a business. How is uh, you know ABM going to support your business strategy? And that will then define, well, are we looking actually at five bids this year that will make or break the organization? You know, Are we looking at five growth accounts that are absolutely mission critical? Um, are we looking at actually we need a whole bunch of new name, new accounts to, to come in the top of the funnel that we can nurture over time? Um, are we trying to build out our industry segments and are there some key accounts in there? And, you know, different companies are going to have answers that will be different. And, of course, the whole point about ABM is to build it to be as appropriate and fit for purpose as possible. So I think, you know, your strategy might be we start with those five one-to-one accounts and once we've got those in play, we think about the verticals. And once we've got those in play, we think about how we can scale to support the sales organization with leads, QLs and SQLs and all those three-letter acronyms that um, perhaps are becoming a bit passe in, in an ABM context. But but it's really about making value judgments. And it's not to say these things are mutually exclusive. You know, We might say we want a blended program. We're going to focus on these five one-to-one accounts in year one. We're going to focus on these three verticals, looking at 10 to 15 accounts per vertical. But we know we need some some fresh blood, if you like, and some new opportunities. So we're going to be doing some one-to-many uh, ABM, which, of course, in the old days, people would think of as demand gen. So f- from my perspective, it's almost like a kind of concertina. You know, you, you have to work out, well, what's most important to us at any particular moment? And w- what is our strategy as an organization? You know, it is, a, is it about growth? You know, I had a call with a client yesterday and he said to me, frankly, we don't need to win any new clients. We just need to grow the clients we have. Now, that's a massive enterprise play. And of course, these accounts are worth multiple millions. Um, if you're looking at ABM, you know, and you have a, a lower average uh, contract value or annual contract value, average order value, then clearly you're going to need to be thinking about um, perhaps being lighter on your feet and gen- generating more opportunities. Um, so I think it's a balancing act, but the, the main thing, I guess, is just this thing of ABM not seen as something that we do alongside all our other marketing activities. It, you know, if you think of a, of a sort of brand house, for me, ABM is the roof. You know, it's the strategy, and then we decide, well, what's our go-to-market? What are the marketing disciplines we're going to use to deliver on that? And of course, what's most appropriate from the perspective of one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many? or a blended approach to those things. Got it. Robert, you, you talked about the importance of getting the 
the leadership on board. In fact, that was, I think, one of the first you, you talked about define. You talked about defining the ABM, and then right after that, you said it's very important to engage the senior leadership, and then sales, and then having a holistic approach. Sometimes marketers find that selling a pilot program internally is a lot easier. It's a it's an experiment. It's you know it's a small project that we're going to be running. What are, what is your suggestion? Or how do you suggest with regards to engaging and bringing on board the senior leadership team? What what is your suggest What is your suggestion in terms of selling this approach, which is a lot more? It's 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 a bit more elaborate. It is more effective, but it also requires a bigger lift. What is what is your suggestion on that front in terms of marketers being able to convince leadership to move in this direction? Yeah, great question. I mean, I definitely take your point that it's putting your head, your head above the parapet and it's it's saying, you know, I've got something really interesting for the business. So in that sense, I think we need to have marketers who are really confident and who are, are feeling really bullish about the role of marketing. You know, if I told you once, I could tell you a hundred times I've had conversations over the last 10 years of marketers saying, you know, uh, the sales team are the, the, the hunters, they're the guys that bring in all the revenue, they're the heroes. And, and, and we're, the, we're the sort of support unit. And quite often I find marketeers, are, I wouldn't say demoralized, but certainly in a position where they feel they're in a supporting role. And very often, you know, they're under the cosh to get us some leads, run an event. Uh, we need some corporate hospitality. You know, they're kind of knee-jerk reactions, very often driven by sales, which I don't think really, if you like, give marketing the opportunity to have a strategic conversation about how marketing could and should be driving the business. So for me, this is about taking the messaging or the, the, the story, if you like, to the senior management team and saying, here's a new way of doing things. You know, We need to think about taking an account-based approach. We don't need to be spending money on lots of things that generate lots of noise, but don't generate any business. We really need to focus on our most important accounts and prospects. And here's a way we can do that. Now let's think about how that sits within our organization and what our strategy should be. And then let's engage sales and let's explain to them, this is the new way of doing things. We're going to focus on the top 200, the top 500. We're going to focus on winning these five deals this year, et cetera. And marketing are not going to be kind of passive observers to that. They're not going to be, we need a new PowerPoint deck for next week, or can you get me some leads for this? They're going to actually be at the top table at the beginning of the conversation saying, how are we going to segment our customer base this year? And where are the, where's the growth going to come from? And if 80% of your revenue is going to come from existing accounts, guess what? That's where marketing should be focusing 80% of their revenues or, or their spend, I should say. And so from that perspective, I think it's about um, having the confidence to take this uh, positioning for ABM to the top of the organization, getting their buy-in, of course, shaping it in, 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 uh, in collaboration with leadership. Um, and then, of course, engaging with the sales team in a way I think that's fundamentally different to the way most more marketing organizations work with sales today. Very interesting. One of the things that you hear in the startup land is if you are working, if you're a marketing leader and you're working with a founder who doesn't understand marketing, you are going to have a really tough time and you should, you should quit and go somewhere that some people understand marketing. With regards to, I, I want to basically get your thoughts on whether you think this applies to ABM as well, where a marketer 
who is working in an organization that might not get the account-based approach, do you think they are they're doomed in order to pursuing in order of uh, regarding pursuing this initiative or there is a there is hope for them you you hear from organizations like snowflake where everything is accounts like from the very top the conversation is is about accounts and and therefore even the marketing has a much easier time to adopting an account based uh, account based approach what are your thoughts regarding organizations that maybe don't get that concept of, of account-based? And, uh, and and do you reckon marketers should basically put their resignation in, which is a little bit tricky these days, uh, especially market conditions? But what, what are your thoughts on that? Part? Yeah, yeah, I, I like the question. I mean, I, I think for me, uh, obviously, I don't work in one of these organizations, so maybe I have an easier time of it. But but I'm an evangelist for ABM, and I think you know if the marketeers believe in something, then their role is to evangelize that and the benefits of it in the organization. So if they believe taking an account-based approach and really looking at our total addressable market, looking at our most important industries, looking at our most important accounts is the way to go, then I think their role is to go and persuade the business that this is a good idea. So that's where I think you know being having the confidence, if you like, to go and have those really strategic conversations with the business leaders is important. I guess over time, if you find that people are just not listening to you, then maybe you do take a view of, am I going to reconsider my options? But hopefully by explaining that full stack of ABM approach, you know, it's not a purist approach that says, we want to do ABM and we're only going to do five one-to-one accounts this year. We're only Mm. going to do 10 one-to-one accounts. Um, it's not a purist approach that says, you know, we're going to do industry marketing, but we're only going to do it to 10 accounts. And, and it's not kind of saying, well, let's go and buy a piece of tech and, and get out there with some intent-based, you know, digital comms. It's a blend of all of those. So it gives you quite a lot of room for maneuver, I think. The most important thing, and, and this is where I was coming from when I first published the model, is, you know, it's a tough economy out there and it's likely to be a tough economy for quite some time. And so what you want to be doing, I think, is making your marketing as effective as possible and removing wastage. And I, I know you talked to Bev Burgess uh, in, in one of these sessions you know, in the past. Uh, most people who are in ABM will know that she's uh, you know, a, a published author. She's written some great books. I know Bev pretty well. And she spoke at the B2B marketing conference on ABM last year, uh, back in November. And she showed this model where a company with uh, a thousand accounts turning over a billion, which I know sounds like a very large number, but working on the 80-20 rule where you know 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your accounts, you obviously have two tiers. But if you take that 20% where 80% of your revenue is coming from, then on a fractal basis, it keeps applying. So you have another 80-20. So from those 200 accounts, which is the 20%, actually... 40 accounts, which is your your, your 20%, are going to generate 80% of the revenue in that model. And if you take the 40 accounts, actually eight accounts are going to generate 80% of the revenue in that little model. You get to a point where of those 1,000 accounts, you know, in the billion-dollar company, actually eight accounts are over half the revenue and uh, 40 accounts are are generating 65% of the revenue. Now, that's a theory. It's a model. But 
and it's an enterprise-based model, but it basically says, actually, you know, if we're doing a show me the money piece, then most of the money is going to be coming from 50 to 100 accounts in an enterprise mm. organization. So what are you doing to protect those accounts, grow those accounts, cross-sell and upsell to those accounts, and move them from being customers to being advocates for your business? That's, that's a pretty serious task for marketing. Now, we still want some new accounts coming in, you know, at the base of that pyramid, but at the top of the sales funnel. So we can't just turn off all lead gen. But I think this whole thing around demand gen, you know, let's not do demand gen to a whole bunch of companies we never want to do business with anyway. It's a waste of time, waste of money, waste of resources. And if we could say outside of our existing customers where this majority of the revenue is going to come from, where do we think the next 50 are or the next 100? And let's focus all our attentions on winning those. Then that, that for me, just makes total business sense. And I think most leaders would get that argument. So then I think it's beholden on marketing to go and have that discussion. And that's really where this where I'm coming from with this whole position. Love it. Love it. I think that's a, that's a great way of looking at it and thinking about it. Okay. Uh, Robert, one last question that I have is, what are some of the mistakes and pitfalls you've seen that marketers might fall into or mistakes that they might make when implementing the full stack ABM model? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think in the sense that I, I've been talking about the full stack ABM model now for, for two or three months maximum. So in that sense, I don't think I have too many people that have tried it and, and come up short. If I look at ABM more, more generally, you know, I, I think where people come unstuck and I, I, hope, I hate to sound like a stuck record, but I think it's when marketing, you know, buy into the concept of ABM, sell in a pilot, it all takes too long for anything to really happen. And the sales team lose interest. And everybody says, well, that was an interesting experiment, but it hasn't worked. So I think from that perspective, not really showing that the art of the possible from an ABM point of view, and maybe not having the confidence to go big, but those little little pilots, you know, that don't necessarily show results quickly. That's, I think, something that a lot of people wrestle with. And then the enthusiasm for ABM just kind of wanes. I think the flip side of that is other companies say, ah, oh, we're going to do ABM um, and we're going to go and buy a piece of tech. I won't actually name the vendors, but I think you know them pretty well. And, you know, they buy the tech, they, they invest a reasonable amount of money in that. Um, and then they have a, a one-to-many program, maybe looking at, hundreds, sometimes even thousands of accounts. And it's such light touch ABM. You know, it's essentially a reverse IP targeting. It's intent-based stuff. It's serving up digital comms. And, and, they, and it isn't really showing the, the true value, if you like, of, of strategic ABM. So in that context, I think, you know, it's not to say it's wrong, but I think it's just a, a sort of simple tick box exercise. We bought a piece of tech. We're going to be using intent. We're going to be driving digital marketing. We're going to be, you know, back in the almost in the MQL territory of well, we hit a thousand accounts and we've got eighty leads. Here you go, sales, knock yourselves out. But but that isn't you know really showing the true value of ABM. I think so. I think you could come at it from either angle. You know, in one sense, it's experimenting with perhaps a one to one or a one to few program on a couple of accounts or sectors and not really doing it in a way that the whole organization is brought in. And then I think the other route is we've, we're taking a tech-driven approach, and it's all about scale. And as you probably gathered, the full-stack approach isn't an either-or. 
um, it's a combination and it's a blend based around what you're trying to achieve and why. Got it. Got it. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Do you want to be a part of something great and receive greatness in return? Well, with the help of Media Collateral, Xgrowth is creating the state of account-based marketing in APAC Report for 2023. Be a part of this industry study and get the opportunity to win a free consultation with Xgrowth's ABM experts on how you can optimize your ABM strategy. And all it takes is filling out the survey located in the pod description. Want to hear about more greatness? Well, by filling out the survey, you'll get immediate access to download our ABM Essentials Pack and get an exclusive pre-release copy of the report. So what are you waiting for? Click the survey link to get started. Robert, before we wrap up, I got some rapid-fire question, uh, questions that I want to kind of go through with you. You good to go through those as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll give anything a shot, Shane. Um, I did notice right, uh, that some of them were about reading books and things, which uh, I, I don't read too many books these days, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Sounds good. Sounds good. So the first question, like you mentioned, is what is one resource? And it doesn't have to be a book. It could be a blog, a podcast, a talk, a whatever that has had a profound impact on you, whether professionally or personally. What what comes to mind? Well, uh, as an ABM uh, propeller head, as you know, over the last 10 or 11 years, I've mentioned for their purchase already, I would say anybody that's even remotely interested in ABM should go and read one or more of her books. I, I started out with the Practitioner's Guide to ABM several years ago. And, you know, it's been a great, you know, sometimes it gets called the Bible of ABM, but it's been a great asset. And over the years, you know, um, she's brought out a couple of other books, Executive Engagement Strategies. I, I just did a a webinar with her, a masterclass uh, last week on, on Propolis, and we talked through that. So, so that's pretty interesting. And the most recent book is Account-Based Growth, which starts to put ABM in the context of the wider business and, and actually shows that marketing is really only one component of ABM and sales is only one component. You know, there are several others that are mission critical. So I think from an account-based marketing approach, those would be the, the things I refer to most. Uh, back in dim distant past, I remember Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Chasm was like a, a, a almost like the equivalent of the Bible back in the 90s. Uh, and I certainly spent a lot of time looking at that book and, in fact, you know, had him come and speak at one of our agency gigs and, and so on. So that was quite an important book for me. Love it. So you know, oh, I don't know if, if those are the sorts of things you're thinking of, but yeah. No, very helpful. Very helpful. No, thanks for that. Okay, question number two is, if you could give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? I think have courage, you know, have confidence, have courage, believe in yourself, and don't get put on the back foot where you're constantly on uh, receive mode, you know, events, leads. I mean, the the old cliche is we need some umbrellas, you know, we want a golf day, Um, get us some mugs, you know, marketeers should be taking a strategic role in the organization. You know, marketing should be seen as strategic differentiators for the business. And from that perspective, I think it's realize the value of, of who you are and what you do um, and fight your corner. You know, I mean, you don't have to get yourself fired and you don't have to get into to punch-ups, but, you know, have the confidence to really go out and, and put your thoughts in front of people in a compelling way that, that change the way they see marketing. Question three is 
who are you, you mentioned a few, but I'm going to ask the question again. Who are some of the influencers that you follow? I, I'm not sure that I've really got too many influencers. I mean, I spend a lot of time on B2B marketing's online community, which is Propolis, and I have a team of experts there uh, who, who, you know, who I kind of um, would call my peers. Um, Shane Redding has been in the industry for many years. He's a sort of strategic thinker. Uh, Barbara Stewart is uh, a sort of thought leader on CX. And my other colleagues, you know, on the experts team are all very smart people. Uh, and we connect with each other, you know, online, in person and, and uh, elsewhere on a regular basis. So I think that's key. You know, I don't want to sound like uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Burgess nut, but clearly I follow uh, her and her team and the Inflection Group which is her new business, you know, has been putting out a lot of content and has a team of really highly experienced ABMers who all come from client-side positions. So so I would suggest, you know, whether that's people like Dorothea Gosling, who I think you've probably spoken to in the past, or Jacqueline Gummer, you know, these are sort of people who become personal friends, but they're also, you know, very well connected when it comes to, to, to ABM. Fantastic. Last question is, what's something that excites you about B2B today? Just the never-ending potential, I think. You know, I mean, for, for, for many years, B2B was almost seen as the poor relation to B2C. But I actually think that B2B is far more challenging and I think actually has the value to deliver, you know, significantly more value to a lot of organizations uh, in many ways. So I think that the potential for B2B, you know, I mean, for example, at the end of this month, I'm going to B2B Marketing's Ignite event. There's going to be like a thousand people there. There are going to be uh, keynotes. There are going to be multiple streams. The following day is going to be roundtables, discussions, training. You know, it's a, it's a really lively place to be right now. And, you know, we could talk about things like AI coming in. And it, it's, nothing ever stands still. You know, you have to keep on your toes. And from my perspective, I think B2B Marketing is probably the most exciting form of marketing that people can or should be doing right now. I love it. I love it. A true B2Ber. Robert, it's been awesome to have this conversation. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast and for all the insights that you've shared. My pleasure, Shaheen. It's uh, great to catch up again and uh, look forward to staying in touch with you. I probably should have put you down as an influencer because uh, I, I watch your stuff as well. You're being too kind now, Robert. You're doing being too kind. No, I really appreciate it, Robert. Thanks again, and uh, and looking forward to the next chat. Good stuff. Thanks, Shane. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo, with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Extra. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.